You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome everybody to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have Tracy Conan. This is going to be a really fun episode, guys. Uh, Tracy has a really interesting background and we're going to talk about how Tracy is going from a professional service that she's offering right now to launching her own offer. But Tracy, please tell our audience a little bit, a little bit about your past experience and what you're getting into. Well, I'm a forensic accountant. And I like to say that means that I find money. So I do fraud investigations. And those are for companies who have executive stealing. It is sometimes for people who are getting divorced and think that their spouse has been hiding money. And sometimes it's, you know, businesses fighting over contracts gone bad or brothers and sisters fighting over mom and dad's money after mom and dad have passed away. Any sort of situation where someone needs to know where did the money go? How much money is gone? That's what I get involved in. I have been a consultant in this space for more than 25 years. And earlier this year, I just decided to uh, start developing some products, launching offers of my own in that forensic accounting space. Awesome. That's interesting. And a lot of people, and and obviously with the internet being what it's being in offers and so forth, a lot of people are are in similar situations as you where they're consultants and then they want to take their their income to not just a one-man show, right? Being able to produce a lot more. So you're going to be launching your own offers uh, online, online offers. So can you tell me a little bit about what you're thinking of launching and like the price points and just give us a little kind of idea of what you're going to be starting with? What I have right now is the Divorce Money Guide, which I launched in summer officially. And I have been not doing affiliate marketing with it yet. That's what I'm working on um, as a channel for promoting the product, promoting the offer. But I've been selling by marketing through you know, social media, email, uh, emails to my own email list, uh, going on podcasts, doing advertising, things like that. The Divorce Money Guide is do-it-yourself forensic accounting for people who are getting divorced but can't afford someone like me to investigate the money. So if you haven't been involved in the money, you're suspicious about what your spouse has been doing, but you don't want to hire a forensic accountant, you could use my product, which is on an online learning platform and gives you videos, written materials, worksheets, checklists that kind of walk you through the process that I would go through to evaluate your finances. So probably a really different offer than most of your audience has, has been in contact with, right? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's unique. Obviously we, we work with a lot of, at Direct Pain, I work a lot with, you know, supplements, merchants, coaches, and so forth. This is, I guess this is another type of coaching product, right? Because you're coaching people on, you know, how to find something and so forth, not one-on-one, but an online coaching product. So this is a lower ticket offer, right? I'm assuming it's under a thousand dollars that you're offering this. It's $697 right now. So (laughs) it is under a thousand dollars, but what I'm finding is I'm trying to get uh, the, the offer up on ClickBank is I was receiving pushback from them. They didn't want to offer want to allow me to have an offer that that was high, that high of a price. They gave me a limit of $150 
that I would be able to have for an offer. And they suggested that I take my product and uh, create a monthly subscription. And I said, well, unfortunately, this is not a subscription type of product. This is, you know, you get access to all the videos and all the materials. It's not something I can really break up into pieces. And so that was an interesting hurdle. Okay, interesting. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, you starting the offer. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of people who listen that are in direct response space, either buying traffic or they're copywriters or they're, they have some role in direct response. But starting an offer is obviously a big undertaking. And especially if you're on your own or maybe one or two people, there's a lot of things that have to happen, like you're mentioning now about ClickBank, which we'll get back to. But what was the first thing that you did? Like, how did you start? You know, a lot of people are like, I want to get started. What do I do? Like, how do I say, okay, I have this idea next. I had the concept. I want to help more people. I want to help a thousand people who are in the process of divorce, have more insight about their money and understand more and know whether or not their spouse is trying to cheat them in the divorce process. And the first thing that I did was start talking to people. So I wanted to find out who can help me do the things I need to do to get this offer off the ground. So again, it's it's on an online learning platform. So who do I know that knows these platforms and how do I choose one of them? How do I put this together? So there's going to be modules or chapters, or in the case of my product, I call them steps. It's a 10-step process. So I, I really spent a lot of time in the first couple of weeks talking to people who are knowledgeable in this space. I was talking to people who um, knew marketing and I said, okay, I want to launch this product. I need a marketing person who can help me do this product launch, make a big splash of it, et cetera. What do I need to do? You know, who do I get in contact with to help me create professional looking videos? So it was a lot of conversations in the beginning. Okay. So did you find most of these people like on Facebook groups or like, how did you network? I'm, I'm assuming you knew some people, but being in the business that you're in, you're not really in direct response. So how did you get into that world? I am actually in a coaching program that I've been in for years. And that was, I was talking with uh, my program advisor in that in that coaching program. And I said, I've got this idea and I want to start digging into it. And she gave, she said, Hey, do you know this person and this person who are also in our coaching program? So I started there. And then from there, it was just a snowball because each person I talked to said, I know someone I can introduce you to. So it was pretty easy from, from that perspective. What was really interesting was that I was telling people, I am going to have a product completed in 90 days or less. And I had people on Zoom who literally laughed at me <laughs> because they oh thought that God. that was impossible. Of course, they don't know what kind of person they're dealing with. And that just motivated me even more. And I actually had a completed product 87 days after the initial brainstorm. Nice. Plot. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, that that's impressive because obviously you know, it's getting idea to paper is really the hardest thing. And I find a lot of people get stuck there myself as well. Like for this podcast, for example, I had been planning it for a year. Literally, it was just, I was going to do it. I didn't know how to do it. Who, who's going to help me? What am I going to get with the creatives? And I just find as soon as I kind of got the plan in motion, which was, you know, hire a producer, hire somebody, 
it just went so much faster after that. So it's just that first step that's really, really important. And, and it's, it, I, I like, I like the speed. I, I'm, I'm that type of person. I like to just get something done and perfect it as I'm on the road versus try to get it perfect and then launch. Right. So it's, it, you know, I'm sure yours is already very good just because of your background. So you probably just had many tweaks. Uh, it but- could be better, but you know, what I learned in some of those early conversations was that the biggest stumbling block is that people do not complete their product. They do not put it out to market because people are looking to perfect it too much Yes, or they will get, a lot of people get 80% done and then never finish it. And so someone had said to me, make your product good enough and release it. You can always make it better later. Yeah. And you will always have ideas, no matter how good it is today, you will always have ideas to make it better. So make it good enough and get it out there and start selling it. Start bringing some money back in because there are a lot of costs in creating the offer. I was, you know, paying a video person, paying a photographer, paying a copywriter, paying someone to build the website. And they said, just get it out there so you can start having money come back in through the yes. sales. Yeah. And, and it's a learning process, right? You'll make mistakes. You'll never launch your first offer and it like hits the ground running and everybody loves it. And it's a home run. I mean, there are some people, but they've probably done it 15 times before. Uh, but your first offer has to get out there, start recouping some money, start getting some feedback. And, you know, you know, once you launch people, your buyers, your customer service, people are going to start telling you stuff about it. Right. And you're gonna be like, Oh, that sucks. And that's not good. And that needs to be fixed and so forth. Right. Right. Well, so what we've had in terms of feedback is that the content is fantastic. But what's been interesting is we launched initially at what we called launch pricing or the founder's sale. We started at $349 because I was nervous about pricing. There had never been a product like this before. I didn't know where to go with my pricing. People were buying the product at $349 and the feedback that I was getting was that it wasn't expensive enough, that there was so much content in it that it was worth way more than what people had paid. And I was getting feedback that the pricing you've got, it I'm skeptical as to whether or not it's going to be high quality. Oh, nice. So we brought the price up to 697. So we went with the magic of the sevens because the research shows that that is um, more enticing to a buyer. And we got you know close to that $700 mark where we felt that it was looking high quality, but not at a price point that was unaffordable for people. Okay. Now, what's been interesting, so that's worked out. The pricing has been fine. However, I'm finding some pushback. Again, with ClickBank, there was pushback. In running Google ads, who from a Google ad is going to buy a $700 product from a forensic accountant they've never met before? Yes. I've been having some pushback on this. And so now what I've done is I am in the process of editing a much smaller product. So I'm creating a $37 product based off this divorce money guide that gives someone actually way more content than it should for $37, quite frankly. But it's creating a person who is willing to invest money with me, right? They're willing to give me $37 and then they can see firsthand a, she knows what she's talking about. And B, this is something that I can actually do because that was the other objection is you're saying do it yourself forensic accounting. I'm not even good with numbers. How would I possibly be able to follow what you're talking about and yeah. implement it? 
So the $37 product is showing them that I'm relatable, that this is easy to do, that you actually could do this. And so I'm really excited about this progression of how things are going. I never thought I'd sell a $37 product, right? I know so much about forensic yeah. accounting. Well, I mean, the, the, that's the interesting thing is that you've tested this and it's the same thing in coaching, any coaching kind of business, right? You know, in order to sell your high ticket offers, it's, it's, kind of known that a lot of people have to kind of get in involved with you in a relationship with you on a smaller scale to kind of build that trust. Now there's two different schools of thought. There's people who are coaches out there that are just not offering anything under let's say 10K because that's the barrier to entry. These are maybe people who are more well-known or have kind of like a base of followers. Um, but in traditional kind of coaching is that you have, you know, your trip offer, which is your 27, 37, 47 kind of dollar offer that leads to a higher price in like the closer to a thousand dollar range. And then you, you know, a, a lot of coaches, what they do is that they, they, they then do one-on-one -on -one coaching or a larger group kind of setting where it's a couple thousand and kind of right. depending on what, you know, what you're offering at that point. So, um, I'm happy that you took that step because yes, for example, if I'm, uh, you know, looking for, I don't even know, see, the thing is, here's a good question for you. How, do people even know or what are you what steps are you taking for people to know that this product exists because this is new to the market right this is you know there's a lot of people who get divorced right i mean that's that's not a problem but how do you get people to to get to that pain point and and, and find you are you buying email traffic are you you mentioned you know some google ads um you're going the clickback clickbank route like what's your strategy your market strategy basically to start getting your product known and for people to kind of know that they need this? My primary marketing strategy has been going on podcasts and being a guest there. Some of those are in the divorce space. So those people already have the divorce problem. They're already looking for resources. Okay. So they are an audience receptive to solutions but you are right. They don't know that my solution even exists. And so it hasn't been on their radar. So it is a very long sales cycle. Uh, it's an educational process right now. I did do Google ads. There are people out there who are searching for things like husband hiding money in divorce, splitting assets in divorce. There's not as much Google traffic there as I thought there was going to be. There's not as much searching happening. Okay. Uh, but working on that, I am buying some advertising uh, with people in the divorce space. So there are different websites that have resources for people getting divorced. So I purchased some advertising with them. And then the thing that I'm working now, of course, is is buying email traffic, going the affiliate route. Um, and that's you know proving challenging because who has a list? that is receptive to hearing an offer that relates to divorce. It's a really niche kind of thing. And so that's been challenging. Um, now, you mentioned that you're going to, you know, you're working with ClickBank um, in order to, to get your product on there and, and get some affiliates. Is there a reason you decided to go with a network and you didn't maybe try to get, you know, your own affiliates on your own or go with a smaller network that doesn't have kind of that environment with ClickBank kind of a, a one-stop shop? There seem to be so many options out there and everyone has got different advice. And it was really overwhelming to me 
to know what route to go. So I have my product available right now on my website. I've got a Stripe account, and so it can be purchased there. But when it came to um, working with affiliates and you know getting email traffic and stuff like that, I felt like I needed a platform that was more suited to that. And I just ended up choosing ClickBank because of their size and and the access that I have to affiliates there. And in talking with people, you know, six months from now, I might not be on ClickBank. It it might not end up being the best solution, but for right now, I had to choose something and go with it. And so that's what I did. Okay, cool. Well, no, I mean, there's there's different options. It's good that you have your own website and obviously um, a Stripe account attached. And obviously when you get, you know, you start growing and you get uh, to higher levels of volume, then you'll come to Direct Payment and get a merchant account and save some you more bet. money. <laughs> Little plug there, everybody. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, the interesting thing and obviously the phases are, and I, I say this and, I, and, and it's funny, but you know, testing your offer on, on a, a processor like Stripe is important, right? Cause it's fast, it's easy, it's quick. Uh, once things scale, then it's time to kind of, you know, the, every business has phases and the same thing with ClickBank, you know, you kind of want to get to learn the affiliate game, get to understand what it is. So you go with somebody who has a package solution and then you move it along. Obviously ClickBank takes quite a large percentage of your sales. So once sales start growing, it's a good idea to kind of maybe move some of that off there. And, and once you know the game, basically, it's it's a good learning platform. Now, you mentioned, obviously, ClickBank is very well known for doing, you know, supplement offers, coaching and all that kind of very regular, regular, I should say, common direct response. You mentioned that you were having challenges with the price point. Um, it, did you, what are you doing now? Are you going to chop it up into like payments? Are you going to just do the $37 with them? Or how, how are you going to resolve that? They're going to approve this $697 offer. I do have, um, an upgrade available so you can get the divorce money guide plus group coaching for $14.97. ClickBank is not on board with that. They want the coaching thing to go away altogether because um, they don't want to be involved with anything where I am giving advice that might require some sort of licensing or other oversight. They, oh, wow. There was a lot of pushback on that. And I just immediately said, I'm, I'm going to take that offer away. So I deleted that offer. So it's only the $697 offer. Where they were stuck on the pricing was because I'm brand new at this on the platform, they said, we just don't like to allow that high of a price point. We think that there's um, too much potential for fraud there. You just aren't tested with us yet. We'd like to look at you know, increasing you to that limit later, but we want to start you with a $150 limit. And I said, that's just not going to work. And I gave some pushback and they asked me a bunch of questions about what my chargebacks have looked like and, and things like that. Yeah. And what justifies a price point of $697 to which I was explaining that it's this specialized knowledge, the specialized area of accounting. Um, they, of course, wanted to look at the product. So I had to give them a login, um, you know, let them access the product for free so they could go through the videos and see that there is real content there. Okay. So we got over those hurdles. Now we've just got little hurdles um, you know, on my website, I show that I've been featured on CNBC and Fox and the Wall Street Journal and Forbes. And they're asking, do I have proof of that? So in yes. case any regulator asks. And, and so I understand that they've got to cover themselves. 
Yes. Well, I mean, the, the, the media logos were so overused at, you know, I would say about 10 years ago, just people would splash on as seen on CNN and CNBC and so forth. So it is common for all payment processors, uh, for anywhere you buy traffic, let's say on Facebook, on, on Instagram, anywhere you buy traffic, um, that you have to prove that you've been on actually featured on these um, networks, which isn't so hard because you can actually buy yourself in. So if you really want those logos, you can kind of pay pay for that right. So, um, you know, I don't know how much they work in terms of conversion anymore, just because so many people falsely use them that I think it just glazes people over at this point. Um, so now in terms of your, your, your ClickBank strategy, is it really to just target any affiliate? Or are you looking for a specific type of traffic for your offer? Do you, do you, would you know which traffic would work best? Would you say it's social, it's email, it's search? I don't know what, what will work best, but what I am committed to is, you know, there's a lot of trial and error here. And so I've put a lot of time and a lot of money into this product and I'm willing to keep, you know, trying until I find what works. I've got some ideas in terms of email lists. You know, I want to, I want to take a look at finance related email lists and I want to take a look at lists that target, um, women, probably in the ages of age range of 40 to 50 who are interested in like self-improvement and things like that. I think that those are two good areas to start with. And we'll see if I get some response, you know, we'll, we'll build on that. And if I'm wrong and those aren't good areas, then I'll, I'm willing to try other things. I, you know, ClickBank is, it it appears they're approving the 697 product, which is fine. Uh, But I think I'm actually going to start my email testing with that $37 product because I think that that is, um, I think that's going to be a better one to test with. Okay. So you've already launched that offer. Um, Obviously, I I don't know what you're doing in terms of sales. You don't need to tell us, but you are now seeking out ClickBank. Uh, in order to obviously increase that and get affiliates and so forth. Is there a reason that, you know, you decided to go with ClickBank and not just continue, you know, trying to drive your own traffic or trying to do your own kind of marketing of it? So my own marketing of it is insufficient at this point. Okay. It's not (laughs) taking off as much as I want. And I want to rent email lists. I want to go that route. And my platform, I don't think works well for working with people with email lists. I think okay. doing it through ClickBank will work better. Now, I probably sound super naive though. I'm still brand new to this and, and I, I don't know what I don't know. And yeah. so, you know, I'm listening to people uh, who have done this kind of stuff saying ClickBank is going to take more of your money, but if you're inexperienced, it's going to be a little bit of an easier process for you. Okay. Awesome. That's exactly, I mean, that's the answer, not exactly that answer I was looking for, but that was, you know, what we were, what I was asking. So in terms of moving forward and, you know, just the business in general, I mean, when you're running this type of business, you're going to need some customer service. You're going to need some accounting help. You're going to need, obviously, you know, somebody to help you manage, let's say ClickBank gets really big and so forth. What, what is your focus in this business? And are you hiring other people for other things or, or how are you managing kind of, you have to wear like 15 hats in order for this business to work, right? So which hats are you wearing and which hats are you finding people to do? I'm wearing too many hats. Okay. <laughs> I have help from a person on the marketing side. 
I have help from uh, someone who is a web designer and copywriter. I have coming on board next week, a virtual assistant who is going to help with uh, customer service and backend types of things. And then my focus really is content creation. Okay. Awesome. So are these people just contractors that you're, yes. you're just, okay. So, so see it, the one thing I wanted to display to our audience is that you don't need to hire and have people kind of on large commitments. You can just hire them on a month to month basis, you know, right. get, get, get some stuff going. Um, and one thing I've learned in, in my career is uh hire fast and fire fast. So, um, you know, if people are not working out and, and so forth, not to be aggressive or anything, but if it's not working out, you usually know quite quickly, there's no need to, kind of drag things along and and it's good to to, to explore other options let's call it right i agree um, so what are in that realm what are some challenges that you face like have you have you found people who have really kind of seen your vision and continued or have you had to test a few different kinds of people and tell me about your process and finding people to help you with this 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 project and this goal People are not as committed as I am, so they don't always follow through with what they say they're going to do. Everyone seems to promise the world and not everyone actually delivers that. So that's been a little bit frustrating. Um, what I have, my bigger challenge is letting go of things and letting someone else do things. They are not going to do it the same way that I will do it. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for me. You know, we all think our way is the best way, right? So to the extent that, you know, I have a virtual assistant coming on board now, I've been working on putting together a list of things to have that person do. And as they build my trust, you know, hopefully I will be willing to let go of more and more of those responsibilities. I simply don't have enough time. I've been working a crazy amount of hours because I do a ton of consulting work. And that has been my focus because that's what pays the bills. That's what funds all these consultants and videographers and God knows who else. Yeah, That's been my focus, but I need to have some of my time freed up to do that content creation and, and, and go down that path. You know, I'm, I'm committed to getting an affiliate manager when that is the next right step. Yeah. And I, I'll add people as I need to. Well, I have a great episode with Amber Spears. I'm going to link it down below, guys, where she talks actually about affiliate management and how to be a good affiliate manager and stuff like that. And that is very important, obviously, when you get to a larger scale. Um, now, the interesting thing that you mentioned is letting stuff go. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start, have that same issue. I still have this issue. I don't, I don't like to micromanage, but sometimes I'll... I just randomly, I, this is just a habit that I have. I just randomly go through some our, our support inbox and just see how a couple of them have been responded. And, you know, so like I've had to like stop myself because sometimes I'm like, well, if you put it that like those words, that would be more effective than if you put it those. Um, and it, it is very difficult for me to just step back sometimes and be like, this is good enough. And this is getting the job right. done. So, uh, you know, I, I guess as you, as your business grows, you'll, 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 you'll get better and better. Although I'm I'm 12 years in and I still feel like I can use some work there and so forth. Are you creating like for these hires, obviously for the, the assistant and so forth, it's a little bit more methodical. Have you created any SOPs or how are you managing, you know, your regular work that is funding all this stuff and, and obviously everything that you have to do for your product and training? Are you kind of just leaving them be on their own? Are you creating process charts yeah. or? 
I have documents that lay out the process. So I have had contractors helping me off and on throughout the years. So I've had to document different processes for my consulting work. So I have a lot of that in place already. On the product side, because it's all brand new, I, of course, don't have that stuff in place. So I guess we're going to learn together. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, the one the one piece of advice, and this is something that I'm doing uh, actively even now after all these years is... When somebody does something and it's good, have them just redo it and document it and put it in a wiki, like a company wiki. Because at one point, there's going to be somebody who's going to have that same question. That person may not be around. And it saved me hours and hours and hours of time. Uh, initially, when I started this podcast, I did a lot of episodes that were like really how-tos, like what is a payment gateway? What is um, a merchant account versus Stripe? Why would you use Stripe and not a merchant account? All this fun stuff. And um it was really for team training in also kind of putting it out there in the world, just because I was like, well, I'm sure there's other people who have these questions and there's merchants and there's other people who are trying to learn, you know, payment processing that have these questions. So I'll put it out there. And then the training is great because then I hire somebody and it's like, watch these 15 episodes of my podcast on you know YouTube or, or, or audio, whatever. And then you're good. So <laughs> documentation is key. And I find it's, it's, uh, it's, it's boring. It's not sexy to document things. It's not I something know. you want to be spending your time, but you know, it happens. So now next steps, obviously Tracy. So you mentioned, you know, you're, you're, you're doing the traffic game and you're, you've, you've tested your offer on your own platform and you're learning that. Have you, other than ClickBank, are you investigating other networks? Like, would you suggest just based on your experience so far to kind of go out there and, you know, talk to as many networks as possible? Or do you, do you think that's a waste of time and you should kind of focus on one that you like? That's a great question. I'm so new to this space. I think there's certainly value in talking to some other networks, right? I, I don't need to get just a tunnel, tunnel vision on ClickBank. It's ClickBank is great for some things, as I understand it, not so great for others. And so it'll, I'm there, but with an open mind to doing something different if it doesn't work the way I thought it would. Okay. What I'm really focused on is continuing the um, marketing methods that I've, you know, I've been developing because I have a long-term mindset with them. So for example, I mentioned I'm a guest on podcasts, right? I'm continuing with that. And knowing that long-term that will pay off, I'm focused on continued content creation. So I have two new money guides that are out. And because I'm going to continue to create offers that are called money guides that will help people with different money problems that they might have. So okay. that's where my mindset is. So now let's talk about things that mistakes that you've made. I'm sure there's been a couple. So if you were kind of to start this process over and you're still at the infancy stage, but you know, things that you've done so far, what are a couple of things or, or one or two things that you're like, man, I shouldn't have done that. That was a waste of time. Like, what would you, you know, maybe suggest to other people to avoid doing? I think that one of the big things I would have done is hire more people to do some of the things that I spent time doing. Again, I, I want to control too much stuff and I want to edit videos and I want to write my own scripts and things like that. I can create the content and have someone else write the script. You know, I can give them a detailed outline and let them write the script and script and fancy that up. So that would have been, I think the biggest 
change that I would have done. Okay. So, I mean, that's interesting. Is it more um, for a time, uh, time constraints that took you longer or was it more because after doing this, you realize that there's some people that maybe do things better than you in certain aspects? Well, if I say nobody does it better than me, I sound like a complete jerk, right? <laughs> no, but it, there are, you know, some it's people, both. It, it's, you know, like I'm, for example, I'm very good in sales. Like I can do very well in sales, but I'm also very good with numbers and spreadsheets. So, you know, I'm kind of multi-talented that way. Um, and I do feel like in my business, I do both you know, really, really well. And, and it's hard for me, but whereas, for example, uh, you know, I have an EA and I'm terrible at like inbox management and emails come in and just kind of organizing all that stuff. So that's one thing I'm not good at, but when it comes to finance, when it comes to sales, I always feel like I can beat out the competition. So it's really hard for me to hire somebody. Uh, I've had to, to grow, but, um, do you find that it's, it's, it's more, you cause yourself some more time constraints by not it hiring? It is more the time, yes. Okay, okay. so yeah. that's 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 interesting. So, uh, you know, for the audience listening, it's sometimes it's hard budget-wise, you know, not everybody has a specific budget, but take the things that you're the least good at, you know what I mean? And really try to focus on those uh, and hone in on those. So seeing as though you're really committed to this product, and I see this a lot with entrepreneurs and people that we speak with and on, on a daily basis at DirectPayNet, do you, is there at any given point in time where you might say, you know what, this product is not working? At what point would you do that? Or are you committed to trying to change the product to make it work? Oh, I would change it if I needed to. Okay. So again, if it was divided up into three pieces and and, and try that, I certainly, I am willing to try all sorts of different things because what I know is that the content of this product is needed by people who are getting divorced. We have 700,000 divorces filed every year in the United States. Wow. 95% of people can't afford a forensic accountant in their divorce. And, but a lot of them have concerns or questions about the money. And so they need an option. So I know that this product is needed, gotten wonderful feedback about the product. It might just change form, right? So that we could do different price points or different methods of delivery. You know, maybe, maybe having it being video-based isn't really what people want. Maybe it changes and it becomes only an ebook or something like that. Who knows where it could go, but okay. I would absolutely be willing to modify it. Okay. Awesome. I love the flexibility. And that's what I kind of wanted to end it on is that a lot of people create these products and they're so tied to them. And, you know, it's personal, obviously when you pour your heart into something, but it's always important to know when it's like, like, this is not working. You know, you can't keep, you know, throwing good money after bad, as we say, right. and you have to try to either, you know, 360 that and, and change the product around or, you know, change the format or whatever. But it's important to not waste too much time really trying to make something work because sometimes it's just not, it's just not going to work, you know, whatever the market's not ready for it. So, uh, Tracy, your, your product, is it only for Americans? I forgot to ask you that. Is this just mainly for Americans or can pretty much, um, anybody, uh, in most, let's say, uh, first world countries use this? I would say probably mostly Americans would use it. We talk a lot about bank statements that would apply to anyone, but we do talk about tax returns and that would be someone who is us based because I'm talking about us tax returns. So okay. someone overseas would not get as much value, but the part about bank statements, credit card statements, and how to find 
out what's going on with your money there, they would be able to use that. Well, now we have a new offer for you, Tracy. We need to cut that part out and make it available for for the international market. (laughs) That's a good idea. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know that this episode is going to be very valuable for you guys listening. Um, You know, Tracy's path is something that we hear a lot, like people kind of getting started. So feel free to like, subscribe and share. I'm going to have a link down below on Tracy's product. And if you need to reach out to Tracy, uh, we'll have some contact information as well. And don't forget to like, subscribe and share. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.